You're listening to Drive and Convert, a podcast about helping online brands to build a better e-commerce growth engine with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow. There's a common saying that there are only three ways to increase the revenue of an online business. You get more people to visit your site while keeping your conversion rate the same, or you can sell to more people who are visiting, thus increasing the average order value, or you can convert more of those visitors coming to your site into customers. So there is a reason that more traffic is first on that list. It's where most e-commerce brands focus because usually they can throw more money at ads and see traffic increase, so it's the easy button for them. But most online businesses are also hooked on traffic. It's like a drug. They think that if they just get more traffic that all of their problems are going to go away because traffic equals sales, right? But on the surface, that seems right, but my guess is that if we dig deeper, that just isn't the whole story. So it's safe to say that everyone wants more traffic, but is all traffic good traffic? Today, that's what we're gonna find out. Ryan, I'm interested to get your point of view on this, as always. I am excited to touch on this one because it comes up in 2020 more often than I thought it would be. And I think it's kind of unfortunate, but it's also nice because I get to help redirect thoughts and, and help people come to that conclusion. But it's always surprising when companies come to me and are like, we just need more traffic. Go find traffic. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Interesting, okay. <laughs> Let's dig into that. <laughs> yeah, that's this should be fun. So, okay, look, having optimized websites for conversions for a decade plus now, I think I know the answer to this, but let's just start high level. Is all traffic good traffic? Hopefully most people and organizations listening, listening to our podcast and they've gotten this far down the road already know that not all traffic is good traffic and it's not all the same. And there's different purposes for different types of traffic different purposes for driving traffic to different parts of the page. And so, no, it's not all the same. I find a commonality, and this is probably something that's been consistent for a very long period of time, and that's why it stays consistent, but companies that have investors or uh, they're chasing investors are constantly talking about site traffic. Mm. They're like, oh, well, we, they, they fall into that first point you made, I think, all the time. Like, oh, well, the site's going to convert traffic. We already know that. You know, all traffic on the internet converts at 2%. That's kind of a metric that's been thrown out for I don't even know how long. And I even use it sometimes just to like give people a ballpark. Like, here's what you're going to pay for cost. 50 clicks gets you a sale. At least that's a barometer to start with. And most people will be like, oh, yeah, 2%. I've heard that number before. When in reality, you know this, 2% could be great and 2% could be terrible. Right. It's all relative. <laughs> it's, it is. But they're saying, all right, sites are going to convert at this rate. Let's just, all we need is traffic. So please go get us traffic. Mm. And I'm, I'm always confused because I'm, well, you know, my kids probably get on my phone and click on ads. So that's technically traffic, but I'm pretty sure you don't want my three-year-old <laughs> on your site when you're trying to sell something to me. And so not all traffic is good traffic or the same quality. That's an interesting approach. And it's almost like the, you know... Well, I don't want to blame everything on Facebook, but it's it's similar to their business model where it was just, let's just get as much traffic as possible and then we'll monetize that traffic. But when you're an e-commerce business, you're not selling ads on your site, right? So you're trying to sell products. So you want qualified traffic, not just eyeballs that can increase your, your advertising rates. Yeah. And it's, I was trying to rack my brain going into this. Is there a space in the e-com world where just high traffic numbers helps? And I, 
I couldn't come up with an example. On Amazon, you can you can combine organic and paid, and that mm-hmm. helps because you're driving all kinds of ranking increases. On Google, they're separate, being they're separate. But in no scenario in the e-com world could I figure out where just a bunch of traffic would be beneficial to me. And and maybe there's some out there, but maybe they're just trying. There's different goals that I'm not aware of in the e-commerce world where generally you want to sell more stuff. Yeah, and that's interesting. I was just having this conversation with our director of marketing at The Good today about our site traffic. And, you know, we've we've grown that real steadily and and it's a point of pride for us over the years, but we're very consistent with the content and, and trying to drive traffic. But we were talking about a competitor had posted on their on LinkedIn today about how much traffic they're getting and how proud they are. And I was like, man, that's like, you know, two or three X what our traffic is. But I looked and I know that competitor is a lot smaller than us. So I was like, you know, okay, all traffic is not qualified traffic, right? So if we're not getting qualified traffic, they they could be sending, you know, your three-year-old to their site, right? And it's not going to matter. They're not going to have more business from that. And that's proof right there that it's not the same. Yeah. I mean, it takes no skills to find people to come to your site. Anybody can do that. You want to pay me some money, I will get traffic to your site at the cheap at a cheap cost, but it's not going to be anything relevant. Like anybody can put a simple display ad on. A great one would be uh, mobile apps, right? Mm-hmm. That's a display mm-hmm. setting you know, on Google. They have a massive network of mobile, of mobile things. Like if you look through and if you're running some display or remarketing and you haven't eliminated, you know, like the flashlight app on Google <laughs> Display, that person that developed that app has made probably seven figures and Google knows the numbers and nobody at Google has been willing to tell me, but it is a significant number of flashlight app clicks. Like you have an app that click on a flashlight. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know why you would even have that app anymore, but the number of people that have it and are Mm -hmm. using it and accidentally clicking ads uh, is astronomical. And kudos to that guy. I mean, that was just one of the, probably one of the greatest inventions of the last 10 years, specifically for money, money making. (laughs) Like it's the simplest app. Like, Hey, I'd go into the phone open the flashlight app and click ads accidentally and I get paid. So traffic is easy, but if you're getting a bunch of traffic that spends less than one second on your site, what's the point? They didn't intend to come to your site, but you technically go into analytics, have a lot of sessions and a lot of users. So if you have an unsophisticated investor, I guess, that only they want to see is you have a, you had a million visitors to your site last week. Yeah. Guess what? I paid, you know, $10,000 for it, and I got zero out of it. But mm-hmm. I, yeah, I got a million visitors. Not going to do any good. Right. So, ROAS is really important here, right? That return on the ad spend is really the metric you should be looking for. I, I think it is. And even if you are, and I've talked to a lot of companies recently that are launching, and it, it's important for them to get eyeballs when you're launching, even though you know you're probably not going to get some conversion out of it, but you want some metric that you can track that says that you're getting the right eyeballs. Mm. And so, uh, there's a, a beauty brand that's launching that's going to be a very high end, very, very high end, very exclusive. We're talking like the Oprah's, the Michelle Obama's, that type of level. And this founder was talking to me about how they were going to get traffic. And I said, you know what? It's I can get it for you, but it's not going to be traffic that's going to be valuable based on your price point and what you're trying to accomplish and the exclusivity. So you're basically going to come to us and we could spend money for you, but you're going to get almost zero. And if you're expecting to be able to spend it a return, not good. But you need to be able to say, all right, we're trying to figure out who this product relates to and who's at least showing some interest and what do their demographics look like? Because we go in and we have an idea. And so even if they don't buy, we know that you know women in San Francisco and New York are spending 
you know, I'm making this up, like a minute and a half on the site, maybe men in West Texas are coming to the site and spending three seconds on the site. <laughs> okay, well, great. We've at least seen something we can decide what is more or less valuable in that traffic and eliminate traffic that is most likely less valuable and try to enhance what is valuable. And the wonderful thing about e-commerce is that we can track everything. It's, it's phenomenal. That's what I love about e-commerce is there's so much we can track. You probably realize this too, that the more we track, the more we realize we can't track. Right. And almost like the more I know, the more I realize I, I just don't know. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> but we are light years beyond what we were even 10, 15 years ago as far as what we can track and the value of that. So if you can track it, you can improve it. And you probably should be. So not looking at all your traffic as being equal. So how does a brand see sources of traffic that are not converting then? <laughs> they're probably just mad at their agency that's sending the traffic. <laughs> or they're mad at their CRO company when they didn't think that's actually not the problem. It's different depending on the person or group leading that company. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll have some companies that come and see traffic that's not converting and they're like, okay, well, we have a product problem, not a traffic problem because we're getting the eyeballs when now we try to figure out why the product isn't selling to them or find the product they're selling. Other business, okay, well, we know our product, the product is good, we're getting the wrong traffic. So let's the audience, let's look at a different way of getting traffic, but the, the right audience of traffic, whether that's from a search perspective or whether that's from a demographic, geographic perspective. And I would generally say that it's better to focus on the type of traffic, or it's easier at least for businesses, I think, to focus on the type of traffic than it is changing their product mix. And it really depends on where you're at in the business cycle. Uh, mm-hmm. what you're willing to do or what you're trying to do. But like my brand, for example, on, on Joyful Dirt, we'll send traffic and we I know all of the metrics around our conversion rates, traffic coming from social versus coming from Bing versus coming from Google. Our Amazon traffic is in another bucket. And the search engines are pretty easy. I know that if they're looking for houseplant food, I know what product they're generally going to see, where they're going to land and what I can expect from a conversion rate and a, and a return on ad spend. But if we're releasing a new product, like we're going to come out with a vegan blend because we found out from social and interacting with people there that, hey, we really would need a vegan blend because it turns out plants really like bone meal because okay. uh, it's an organic matter that plants thrive on. We've had to you know, test and measure and come up with some new product around vegan. So if I happen to target a bunch of health and wellness people on social, that does encapsulate a large portion of vegans, generally speaking, and that traffic doesn't convert as well. And it's not necessarily a traffic problem because we still do really well with that group of people, but it's partially because we didn't have a product that solved that problem. So I had to go listen to that group of people and honestly have our social uh, manager just go out and like, okay, we're, we're getting people in this industry coming to us. Why isn't it working? And there were just random comments we could see in, in the feed and, and on our posts that were like, hey, we want a vegan, we want vegan, we want vegan. Mm-hmm. So we changed the product mix or added to it, I guess. But if people are, I can eliminate on Google people looking for vegan because I know I don't have that product yet. And so that becomes, I can eliminate the traffic there, but if I'm going to get it because they're in the same bucket, I, I don't know how, and maybe it's because I'm not as good on, on uh, social as, as others. I don't necessarily know how I'd completely eliminate all people that would be interested in a vegan plant food. You're listening to Drive and Convert, a podcast focused on e-commerce growth. Your hosts are John McDonald, founder of The Good, a conversion rate optimization agency that works with e-commerce brands to help convert more of their visitors into buyers, and Ryan Garrow of Logical Position, a digital marketing agency offering pay-per-click management, search engine optimization, 
and website design services to brands of all sizes. If you find this podcast helpful, please help us out by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing it with a friend or colleague. Thank you. There's a difference between search traffic and shopping traffic, right? So there's people out there who, if you're not eliminating these audiences, it's not just, you're just going to be wasting your money. But there's also people who are landing on a category page versus perhaps a product detail page. You know, those who are ready to buy and it's that intent of of somebody who's ready to buy versus those who are just kind of browsing. Yeah, sure. So all of these traffic sources when they're showing intent. So I kind of break it down into, I'm looking at a funnel almost all the time when I'm talking to people, like in my head. And you've got kind of at the bottom of the funnel is people that are searching for your brand. They know you, they're kind of come by. Then you have remarketing on top of that. Then you have your search and your shopping of non-brand stuff. And then generally above that kind of gets bucketed social and display. Because people on social generally are not going onto social and searching for your product on a social network. That's just generally what social networks are. They're not for that. They're for connecting with people. Posting political opinions, in fact, has been very popular on social recently <laughs> for some reason. So when you're putting an ad in front of them, you're kind of interrupting and trying to convince them to break away from whatever they were doing on social. Whereas on the search engines, they're trying to find you or they're trying to find your product or service. So you're capturing them at the point where they're actually showing some intent. And Facebook, I don't know if you guys have all seen the social dilemma, but that is, Facebook has a lot of data. If you didn't know that already, Facebook has creepy data. <laughs> and it's value, and it's, it makes your experience on social better, which is good, and I appreciate that point. And they've got a lot of signals that say, is this person in the position to probably buy your product? And they actually have some settings within social ads that you can say, hey, there's a high intent to buy, Let's show them an ad because Mm -hmm. Facebook wants to make money from me as an advertiser. So they know I'm going to need to see sales to continue advertising on Facebook and Instagram. So all of that to say, there's some good traffic there from social, but it's just going to be very different from Google. So if we go on the Google path, it kind of breaks into two streams where you have text ads and shopping ads and shopping ads, pretty simple. There's most people understand if you click a shopping ad, you land on that specific product and on a text ad, you can land them wherever you want. I can land that person on a homepage, on a category page, or on a product page. If I have a choice as an e-commerce brand, almost 100% of the time, I want to land a text ad on a category page because the conversion rates are better. And so, because if somebody's looking for, again, I'll think about, if somebody does a search for plant food, and in Joyful Dirt, we have four varieties right now on our website of plant food, I don't necessarily know which one they're looking for when they say just plant food. On a shopping ad, they're gonna land on all-purpose or succulent or tomato and herb or houseplant. Mm-hmm. And if they were looking for an herb plant food and they land on my houseplant, either they're gonna keep searching my site or they're gonna bounce back to Google. So the conversion rate generally is lower on shopping than it is if you went from a text ad to a category page that had all of my plant food on there. So it's very easy to see, oh, he's got four plant foods. Okay, this is great. He's also got a one pound or he's also got a mix and match three pack. There's just more options on a category page. Right, right. And so it generally there is more value there. And if I could land some shopping ads from those general terms on a category page, I'd be a, a pretty happy camper. So hopefully Google's listening and they're going to start testing that, <laughs> being able to land different terms at different points in the in the funnel on my site. But then even beyond that, once you've got that traffic, a certain percentage is going to convert whatever that happens to be on your site, your return is what it is with those and then on your ad spend. But then you have remarketing. 
And then you can go chase the people that didn't convert and bring them back. So you have a different source of traffic of people that have already been to your site. And even that traffic is going to convert at different rates. And what a lot of people unfortunately don't do on remarketing is segment their remarketing by category page visitors, product page visitors, shopping cart abandoners. A lot of them have a shopping cart abandonment like mm-hmm. RLSA list. But even having those buckets on in your remarketing lists, you're going to be bidding different on them because as you move from shopping cart abandoners up to product page visitors, up to category visitors, up to homepage visitors, your conversion rate on remarketing can, goes down as you move up that. There's less intent to purchase from you the further up or the less depth they had on the site right, closer right. to purchase. So it's fascinating data that allows you to really start increasing return or focusing on the best types of traffic to your site. And I think that's you want as many levers as possible on Google Ads, being a Microsoft Ads now, generally speaking. And that's one reason I don't often recommend the smart shopping campaigns because you lose a lot of that data that allows you to push and pull a lot of those levers uh, within your site or within even the shopping campaigns because it includes your remarketing. Uh, it includes some display and Gmail things in there as well. And you can't separate out that brand versus non-brand. So I would even say smart shopping traffic is a much different type of traffic than a regular shopping campaign traffic. Interesting. I, I kept thinking as you as you were going through that, which is all really helpful, that you know consumers, again, going back to this, the consumers are really only at your site for two reasons. They're there to research and, and understand if your product or service can solve their pain or need. And that's really the first step. And if you can't do that, they are going to bounce. And that's where the the different types of traffic really come in. Where are they in that research process? Are they, you know, are they pretty deep into that? And then once they've determined that you can help them, right? And that's where that category page might happen, right? Where it's versus just one product. Once they see that, okay, I, I landed on the houseplant, but I really want the tomato fertilizer. Then it goes a little bit deeper of, okay, now they're ready to convert. You just have to make that easy to do. And so that different types of traffic there definitely definitely makes sense to me about why people would convert more coming into a, a category page versus an individual product. Mm-hmm. The crazy thing about what we do is that you're never going to get to a spot where you're done. Mm. Like, You'll never have a conversion rate that's good enough. You'll never have traffic on your site that's qualified enough. Mm-hmm. You're never going to be sad because you're one thing is you're never going to get 100% of your traffic to convert. Unless you get one click and one purchase accidentally for the entire month, you're not going to be there. Because mm-hmm. even if people are looking for your brand, brand, brand plus product, you don't get 100% conversion rate. I, I've never seen it at least. And so, <laughs> Me again, neither. I'm not saying it's impossible, <laughs> but I'm just saying the chances are uh, unlikely since I've seen a lot. I don't know. The uh, only way to have a 100% conversion rate I've seen is to send one visitor to your site and give them the credit card number. Yep. Or exactly. Hey, my wife needs to go test my site. Yep. That's exactly <laughs> hey, it. Go test my site and buy something. Oh, great. I bought something for myself. 100% conversion rate uh, in that little window of time. <laughs> and so, all traffic, not the same. And if you're an e-commerce business, why would you not want to find qualified traffic and measure your traffic and, and I guess see your traffic differently? I haven't met an e-commerce business yet that doesn't conceptually understand the sales funnel. Like as, you, as your job is to push people through the sales funnel on a site or through remarketing or just through general logic that there are different places that people enter into the sales funnel, you should be looking at that sales funnel differently and then the traffic sources beyond that that's coming into your site. And so 
general display traffic or I don't mean I don't even know how you would do it, but if you paid for somebody to find a bunch of people in India to go click on your in your on your site, you can do that. Mm-hmm. And that's one reason we have click fraud companies that protect against that because there are companies that will do that. Like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, those are bots coming to your site. That's technically traffic. Yep. That bot is not going to buy from you. That bot is coming for information to go feed it back to a search engine, to feed it back to somebody that wants to see what's going on on your site type thing. So what I'm hearing from all of this today, Ryan, to summarize a little bit, is it's not about traffic. It's about the quality. It's not about the number of visitors, even if you're trying to you know raise money, et cetera. It's really about mm-hmm. the return on that ad spend. So you know, then you're looking at, okay, my ROAS is pretty high. There's a good chance that I could invest a little bit of more money here and get more good traffic. Right, but there's a mm-hmm. there's a point at which you know you have diminishing returns of just throwing cash at traffic of any type. You really need to scalpel that type of traffic into into what's good for your brand, and then on top of that, you really need to bring the traffic into the right place, right, so that they mm-hmm. convert higher, like a category page versus a, a product detail page in most cases. Did I miss anything else here, Ryan? Yeah, and I would say it's, there's exceptions to every rule as well, and I also default generally in my businesses to start putting things in motion and directing it to fix it as we go. I, you know, in many ways, I'll just build the car as I'm driving it because mm-hmm. I'd like to be able to direct something in motion because I know that I'm not going to come up with the best car sitting in the garage. Like I might find out that I need these wheels as I'm driving, like, yeah, hey, those are bad wheels. Let's put new ones on. And so I understand to a degree some of the thought process of let's just start getting traffic to the site to see what they do. Not a terrible idea. But like I was, again, I was talking to a client this morning that their site is, she's got a great product. She's got a market that she wants to target, but her site is just, I was, it was clear that there needed to be some improvements to the site because I was like, I would not spend my money to send traffic to that site. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to convert well enough. You need to, she needed to get a uh, product builder on the site to be able to show swatches on her products because her competitors had it and she had that type of customization avail- available on her site. It just wasn't done right. And so a lot of people that are investing in companies tend to want to return and they're going to be impatient. So they're like, all right, you can delay all you want in trying to get a perfect site, but at some point you're just going to have to turn on the traffic. And that is true, but there's also just running that through a lens of logic to a degree being like, okay, you know, we could send the traffic that would be appropriate, but it's not going to work yet. Let's at least get what some experts would say is a good starting point mm-hmm. and then go and then understand that you might be paying a little bit more for quality traffic, but in the e-commerce space, quality is much better than quantity when you're getting, as far as a traffic perspective. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, but uh, you know, I don't know about you, but I don't like throwing money away. And yeah. if it's not quality traffic, then I'm basically throwing my money away. Yep, I would agree with that. And so I think it's, I don't know where that thinking always came from. Like all traffic, just go to the site. It must have happened before I jumped into the industry a decade ago, but I would challenge that most of the time. Yeah, well, I think it comes from, you know, as an e-com entrepreneur, if you're following the general entrepreneur industry, you know, the, the communities that are out there, they're all about just get eyeballs, get eyeballs, get eyeballs. But that works for uh, if you're trying to build some type of platform where you eventually want to monetize that platform, but that's not the goal immediately. The goal immediately is to get awareness, et cetera. And so that's where I think, in my opinion, that might be where that comes from, but it's short-sighted for, for e-commerce, right? And so mm-hmm. it doesn't, doesn't really work in that way. Well, Brian, this has been 
informative as always. I appreciate the conversation. Each week, we're continuing to remove some of the uh, errant ways of thinking that are out there <laughs> and the things that we hear every day that we're like, no, 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 that's wrong. Don't think about it that way. Let's let's try to convince them otherwise. And so I'm glad we're able to do that. And hopefully we were able to convince some folks today that they need to take a step back and think about traffic a little bit differently. Yeah, I hope so. Love helping people not waste money. On that note, thank you, Ryan. Thanks, John. Thanks for listening to Drive and Convert with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow. To keep up to date with new episodes, you can subscribe at driveandconvert.com. Oh, 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 oh,